Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. We're going to sprint this morning which means I get to skip pages of notes. So have grace with me um, as, I, as I move through this this morning. Um, I did want to give one announcement, and that is to continue to pray for Israel. Um, and I wanted to also just announce that we as a church, I say this in Discover, so if, you're, if you've been through Discover, which is hopefully most of you in the room, if you have not been through Discover, we have another one in January. That's our membership class chance to meet us, and it's a free lunch, and you get to know who we are. But one thing that I always, always mention is that we give a portion of our budget directly to Israel. And so thanks to your giving and just where we're at, we gave $6,455 to an organization called Fields of Wheat in Israel. And that money, listen, that money is going directly to help support the relief in Israel. And so I just want to celebrate that. I want to thank the Lord that we were able to give to that. Can we do that? Yeah. I always say, look, if you want to know something about me, it's that let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's pray, but let's sow. And let's sow into what the Lord is doing. So continue to pray. Continue to pray and lift up Israel and just what's happening there. Continue to pray for the Jews and the Arabs. And for them, did you guys see that post where 200 Arab men at all within one night had a dream of a man in white? Did you guys hear about that? In Gaza. Can we celebrate that? Come on. What, like the Lord is moving. In the midst of war, the Lord is moving. So continue to lift that up. All right. This morning, I'm going to continue the series that we have been in. We've been in a series called A Healthy Heart. How many have been here for our series, A Healthy Heart? Okay. Some of you have not. So just a quick recap. Last Sunday, my dad talked about a thankful heart. It is a powerful message. You need to go back and listen to it. There is nothing that can posture your heart towards the Lord like thanksgiving. One of the biggest things that I challenge people, and I'll challenge you in this, is I challenge you to be thankful and try to be upset at the same time. See if it works. Oh, I don't know about life. Thank you, Jesus, for the air that I breathe. Oh, wow. What happened? My heart just turned towards him, right? It's beautiful how that happens. And so go back and listen to that message. Then the week before that, Um, I talked about hope deferred, that verse in Proverbs where Solomon says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire for fulfilled is a tree of life. And so we unpacked that and really went into what that looks like. And so we're talking about our heart this morning um, and a healthy heart. And so I want to just really, really quickly recap. When we talk about the heart, what are we talking about? Who knows? When I say our heart, what is that? I heard murmurs, you know. 
<laughs> yes. That's it. Yes. It's the central place where we process things. So think about your inner world, right? My heart is my inner world. I process life through my heart. I process life through my heart. I process things. Um, and so our, we think using our minds, but we process with our heart. And the key verse that we've been talking about across this series has been this one, Proverbs 4. Verse 21 through 23 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Verse 23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Did you know that the way that you begin to even view things that are happening in life actually comes from what's happening in your heart? What is happening in here? And I love the word watch. If you didn't catch the message two weeks ago, we unpacked that Hebrew word, that verb there, that is act active. It means active participation. Did you know that there's an active participation for you to watch over your heart? Another translation in the NIV, if you read NIV, it says guard your heart, right? So we have to, we have to watch over our heart, and watching over your heart doesn't act, actually doesn't happen by accident. It requires purposeful, health, healthy, and intentional place of surrendering things to the Lord. The state of your heart impacts the way you see God. It impacts your relationships. It impacts your marriage. It impacts your response towards others. It impacts the way that we navigate things. What's happening here? Okay? That was a really fast intro. Now, this morning, I am going to talk just briefly here about how our words impact our heart. Did you know that your words impact your heart? Did you also know that the state of your heart impacts your words? Okay, a few of you do. How about we let scripture tell us? How about that? Matthew 12. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 12. I'm going to start in verse 33. It's also up on the screen, so we can run through it here. This is Jesus he says, either assume the tree to be good as well as its fruit good, or assume the tree to be bad as well as its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. I love this. He's talking to the Pharisees. He says, you offspring of vipers. Who would like to, that to be said to them? Not me, right? Uh, another translation says, you brood of vipers. Can you, being evil, express any good thing? For the mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. What's the point? The state of our heart, our inner world, the place where we process things, actually comes out through your words. So words aren't just something that are randomly coming out of your mouth, right? I'm a verbal processor, amen? Who's with me? Okay, I got a few in the room. We got some internal processors too. We love you too. We love you too. We, we wait on you often, but we love you. <laughs> Right? So I'm a verbal processor. What does that mean? It means I'll talk to you for about 30 minutes, and probably by minute 29, I'll finally get to where the point really needs to be. Right? 
Some of you are like, that's how your messages are, Andrew. Okay, hold on. All right. Right, so we verbally process things, right? So I'm just like, oh, here's what's happening in my heart. Ah, here it is, even if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> right? So we internally process, but here's what's important is as a verbal processor, sometimes, especially I am guilty of this, of needing to step back and say, hold on, what did I just say? And actually, for uh, us verbal processors, we actually have to step into taking even more responsibility over our words. Because words are not just things that occupy air and space, right? Words have power. And we're going to hit that in just a minute. But I want to hit something, and that is that as I speak, I have to be aware that there might be things that come out that is a reflection of my heart. How many of us, we've been in a conversation with someone, and we're like, yeah, you know, and this was really great. And then, you know, and all of a sudden, like, this jealous thing comes out. And you're like, and I just wish I had as much money as that person. Whoa, what was that? Right? What just happened? And I think one of the marks of, of maturity as a believer is not that you don't make mistakes. It's, that, it's the awareness of what was that, Lord? Help me. Help me. Listen, your goal isn't perfection. It's not to walk around going, hey, I'm perfect. How are you? Good? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I didn't make any mistakes this week. I'm good. You? Oh, oh you made? Oh, okay. No, Right? We walk around and we're like, okay, whoa, hold on. What was that, right? Two weeks ago, I talked about in my quiet time where I had this moment with the Lord where all of a sudden I had this thing rise up in me where I was like, I deserve that. I deserve this. And the Lord was like, that's entitlement. You need to repent. Now, an immature believer doesn't see that or repent of it. They're like, oh, it's fine. It's all good. But a mature believer with a tender heart towards the Lord says, oh my goodness, Lord, please forgive me. Right? And we're quick to repent. We're quick to ask for forgiveness. So listen. Our words are powerful. In fact, Jesus goes on to make an even bolder statement. Do you think it can get more bold? Well, check this out. Verse 35 says, The good person out of the, his good treasure... Out of his good treasure, good things, and the evil person brings out of his evil treasure, evil things. But I tell you, every careless word, I'm talking to verbal processors here too, every careless word that people speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment, for by your words, words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Wow. Some of us are like, okay, hold on. I actually think that this verse right here is a verse that a lot of believers need to read again. I think we, in some ways, one of the areas that we can become the most careless, I think actually could be our words. I think it could be our words. I think we start to get careless. We start to say things. We start to speak things over people. We start to engage with something. And we need to take a moment and just say, hold on. I 
what does this verse mean? I'll tell you what it means. Andrew is responsible for his words. Now, I'm not responsible for your words, but I'm responsible for my words. What does that mean? It means I need to take accountability for what am I saying? What am I speaking over myself? What am I declaring over that situation? What am I speaking when I'm commenting on social media? What am I saying? And so I, I, want, I want you to see this because we have, will have to give an account for not just the actions that you did, but your words. Can you imagine? I'm already thinking to myself, Lord, show me where I need to repent right? This is a really bold statement that, that Jesus is making. We will give an account for our words. And so now I want us to dive down. Again, what happens in your heart comes out through your words. What does that mean? It means the attention and the devotion that I choose to give things to impacts my heart. So listen, the more that you treasure things that aren't good things that don't bring life, the more you will find yourself speaking words from that place. Have you ever like scrolled on social media? I'm talking maybe to, you know, everybody in the room, but especially the younger crowd, right? And you start to see something and you're like, man, that house is beautiful. I wish I had that house. Right there is a good moment to stop yourself. Right? I wish I had that house. Because the next phrase out of your mouth could be something like, my house isn't good enough. My house isn't that great. Everybody has a better house than me. Uh-oh, what's happening now? What's being seeded? Jealousy. What happens? A jealous heart will come out in jealous words. You will find yourself, if you engage what you focus on, it's like worship. What do you worship? Focus, affection, devotion. If I put that in something and jealousy is what's breeding, what's going to come out is jealousy. So we can't be surprised when what we're feeding on comes out through our language. That's why what you feed on is so important, right? That's why we're supposed to feed on this. Can you imagine if our language right was coming from this? Listen, jealous words never start as words. They start in the heart. A jealous heart can lead to jealous words. A bitter heart can lead to bitter language. It stems from your heart. And this is also why this verse is so important. Because really what Jesus is saying is that careless words are not just careless words. It's because there's something off in your inner world. Something's tr there's trouble here. There's trouble here. All right, so listen to this. If you, if you continue to notice words coming out of your mouth that don't bring life, that cut people down, that are negative, that bring slander or accusation, you need to step back and ask yourself, what is going on in my heart? So now that we've established that your words reflect your heart, I want to tackle the question, why are words important? Why are words important? And I want to show a video really quick that illustrates this really well. From Wanda's favorite place. 
your mistake. You're useless. You're not even green. You look rotten. Are you really even alive? I like you the way you are. Seeing you blossom makes me happy. You're making a difference in the world. You are beautiful. I brought them here to see the plant. I was like, a plant is getting bullied. Like, it's not normal. I think it's an excellent project to have something tangible that they can actually physically be a part of is, I think, going to be very powerful. As the weeks passed, I started noticing that the one that was being bullied uh, started kind of to droop. While the plant that was being complimented, it was, it was flourishing and beautiful. It's raised the profile massively of different forms of bullying and the effects that bullying can have on people. Blondie can definitely affect other people. Alright, what happened in the video? Someone tell me. Kids, what happened? What happened? They took two plants. That's right. All right, for everybody else that didn't hear that, you watched the video, but they took two plants. By the way, this is a secular organization. Two plants. One, they continuously spoke negative language to, and the other plant they spoke positive compliment language to. A plant dies in the same atmosphere. The difference is one's being bullied and the other's being encouraged. And I'm going to tell you why that happened, and it's because of this right here. You say, well, how, how does that happen? Because death and life are in the power of your tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Solomon is pinning these words through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and I want you to notice something. It doesn't say sometimes death and life. I also want you to notice something. It doesn't say death, life, and sometimes certain words are on the fence. No, there's no fence with words. I want to encourage you this morning. Words are never neutral. Words are never just words. You're either declaring death or you're declaring life. What are you partnering with in your heart? There's only two possible outcomes from the words that we say, death or life. And listen, one reason why I think this message is so important is that we don't need more negativity in this world. We have enough, main, we have enough negativity coming from the media. Why would I participate with negativity if that's already what the culture and things start to breed is negativity? What we need is more hope-filled, love-infused, heaven on earth, Jesus encounter-provoking words from a healthy heart that's in tune with the Holy Spirit. 
And I am, this, this message right here is like, this is a life message. I probably preach this once a year. Because I think there are fewer things that we need to get more than the power of what you are speaking. Death and life. So life, what happened when God spoke in Genesis 1? Light. It became, he created through his words. What happened when Jesus cursed the fig tree in Mark 11? It died. It withered. Not because Jesus was like, hey, let's not water that thing. You know, let's not give it any sunlight. Because he cursed it. Words have the power to either partner with life through things, to either partner with life or through things like gossip, slander, and cursing to partner with death. I want to tell you guys a story. Back in 2017, I was having a lot of issues, like digestive issues, just weird things going on um, just in my body. And I was like, Lord, what in the world is happening? And so I went to get all these tests done, um, all the blood work and all the stuff, and everything was coming back negative. It was like, you're healthy, Andrew. Like, what are you, we don't know what you're feeling or where that's at. And so I just began to process this with the Lord and with Emily. And um, Emily kept being such, such a good just, Uh, just encouraging me and saying, you, the issue here actually is that you need to take authority over something. You need to take authority over something and stop worrying. Because what I was doing is I was worrying and worrying and worrying. Oh my gosh, I might have cancer. What is this? I was worried about it. And the worry led to fear, which led to me partnering with something. And I started to see the the fruit of that in my body. And the moment that I stepped back and I stopped worrying and being afraid, the issue went away. Now, I understand there's real health concerns. I'm not trying to bring this story up for everybody, okay? Go see a doctor. It's good. It's healthy to do so. However, I think that there are many of us in this room that might be partnering with worry and fear. And if you're partnering with worry and fear, don't be surprised when what you begin to manifest is worry and fear. Words are not just words. They reflect your heart. One of the biggest struggles that I've had with my words has been over my finances and my health. I'm constantly saying I'm never going to have enough money for that. I'm never going to be as healthy. I'm not going to be healthy again. I'm not going to be able to run again like I used to. My back's hurting all the time. My, you know, and I'm 30, and yeah, I'm starting to feel my back. You know, 33, turning 34 soon. But the reality is this, and this is why the focus is so important, guys. This is where I want to land, okay? This is why the focus is so important. If I'm fixated on how bad my back hurts, do you think I'm going to think my back hurts? Yeah. Right? How many of us have driven a new car off, off the lot, new or used, right? You drive a car off the lot, right? I remember we, we drove our Honda Pilot off the lot, and we're driving on the highway, and I'm like, wow, look at all these Honda Pilots. Man, like I never saw this before. Everybody's driving a Honda Pilot, right? Now, were there more Honda Pilots on the road? No. What was the difference? My focus. You catch that? 
There's not more Honda Pilots on the road. There's equally as many other cars on the road. The, pro- the difference is, is I'm drawn to the Honda Pilots now, and I'm going, man, look at that guy. He's got a silver one. It's probably that slightly upgraded model, you know, sunroof, you know, <laughs> right? You start to see all of the Honda Pilots on the road, not because there's more of them, but because you bought one. Your focus and everything that's happening in here is like, man, I love my Honda Pilot, and I hope you do, and you do, and you do that's driving. Not because, because I'm fixated on it. So imagine if I am fixated on worry, jealousy, fear, and bitterness, and envy, and strife, and negativity. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my family? What's wrong with my situation? What's wrong with my finances? What's wrong with my health? If I'm fixated on it, I shouldn't be surprised when I'm driving down the highway and I'm like, worry, fear, jealousy, because I'm fixated on it. This is so important that we not fixate ourselves on things that don't bring life, but they bring death. And they don't have the ability to just harm what's happening to you. They have the ability to impact everyone around you. Entire organizations and churches have dissolved because of a seed of jealousy. Because you sow seeds in your heart, right? Not because we're, this isn't about claiming and naming something. This is about partnering with the spirit of life or death. And I think we need to not be careless about our words. The Pharisees and the scribes had jealousy and bitterness and a hardened heart towards Jesus. And what started out as simply, hey, we need to like talk to this guy. We need to maybe bring him over with our buddies, you know, and hey, what's going on, Jesus? You know, why are you commanding all the attention? What starts small ends up with a rally of Jews saying, crucify him. Why? Because of jealousy, bitterness, and a hardened heart. Jealousy, bitterness, and pride in your heart that you don't deal with or surrender to the Lord can come out through our words, and we can actually become a mouthpiece for gossip, slander, and accusation. Is this making sense? Okay. So listen, your heart comes out through your words. I'm going to summarize everything I just said. If my heart is struggling with jealousy, then I may find jealous words come out. Then the words I speak hit my heart and actually have the ability to bring life and death and they create a deeper place of jealousy because I'm continuously declaring and rooting myself in that thing. It's like a cycle, right? It's like you're on a hamster wheel. Fear in my heart, well, I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of everything. You keep declaring that. It's not healing your heart. It's perpetuating that thing in your heart. It's digging that seed deeper. That seed of fear, you're watering it with your words. Fear, 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 fear. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. I'm never going to have enough. That person's always going to have more than me. I'm never going to have a house that nice. I'm never going to have enough money. I'm never going to have enough resources. I'm never... What happened? It sounds silly when we say it like this, but it happens all the time in our hearts, right? It happens when you're scrolling on social media. It happens on Facebook. It happens through a billboard. You're like, you will never have enough, so join our company, you know, or whatever it is. 
You partner with that thing, and that thing isn't just a thing. It's a seed that develops in the soil of your heart. And through your words, you partner with that seed, and you water it, or or you partner with life, and you uproot that thing and say, this doesn't belong in the garden of my heart. Why? Because I'm watching over my heart with all diligence because from it flow the springs of life. And so what you treasure, what you focus, what you put your devotion in, where your affection is, comes out through the words that you speak and then your words partner with life or death. And if you're not careful, we can continue to be stuck in this cycle. This is the big thing about lack for me. I'll be honest. I've I've struggled some with lack. Lack mindset, okay? Okay. I'm never going to have enough. I'm not going to have enough. Ministry is never going to be able to provide for me. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. And this lack thing is a seed in the seedbed of my heart. And I have a choice. And the choice that I've chosen, unfortunately, many times has been, let's water that thing with, you're still never going to have enough. There's not provision for you. You, you're not going to get a check in the mail, Andrew. Everybody else is, though. Look at that person. They got given a car. You know, they, they, got, given a, you know, they got given a check for $700. That's you know, and we end up not just not celebrating something. We end up partnering actually with lack in our hearts, unwilling to celebrate the victories of others because we didn't get it. We take out a watering can and we're watering a seed of lack in our heart instead of saying, I refuse to partner with lack and we uproot that thing and we say, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's my provider. I'm gonna step into that. What if there's a check in the mail this week? What if there's an opportunity this week for me to have a business client that I've never gotten before? What if, and when you start partnering with life, don't be surprised when life starts to happen in your finances. Don't be surprised when all of a sudden you start partnering with something that breathes the breath of heaven on that seed, uproots that lack, and says, no, there's provision. I feel like I'm supposed to read this. I wasn't wasn't sure if I was going to read this, but I really feel like I'm supposed to. Felt like the Lord said, it's time to partner with the breath of life over the dry bones. So I'm going to read Ezekiel 37 because I really feel the Lord on this right now. He says, the hand of the Lord, verse 1, was upon me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them and around them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, I love this question, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. So think about this in your heart, the soil, the seedbed of your heart. Sometimes it feels like the seedbed, the things happening is a valley of dry bones. And they're, as it says here with Ezekiel, they're very dry. 
And there's an opportunity, and Ezekiel engages the Lord about it, which I love. There's an opportunity to say, oh, those bones, they're just going to stay dry. Uh, I'm never going to have enough lack. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to. And we begin to sow these things in a valley of dry bones when the word of the Lord to Ezekiel was to prophesy, speak over the dry bones that breath would fill them. That the breath of heaven of life can actually fill the seedbed of your heart where you think you're stuck. It can actually breathe life into that seedbed and your heart can thrive. And I think this is really, really, really important for us because what we partner with matters, guys. What, what you partner with matters. Are you going to partner with death over America? Are you going to partner with all this stuff that everybody tries to say, well, focus on this, focus on the lack, focus on the death, focus on the fact there's never a good politician, there's nothing good happening, there's no hope, everything's hopeless, your world is hopeless, everything's afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be fearful. No! I'm not partnering with that. And as a church, we are not going to partner with lack. We're not going to partner with a spirit of fear that says, listen to this. We're not going to partner with this voice that says, stay unhealthy, speak unhealthy words over yourself, declare death over yourself. No, I'm going to speak life and I'm going to see the breath of heaven fill dry bones again. Not because my words are just some really cool thing, but because it's partnering with the spirit of life. I'm engaging the Holy Spirit because guess what? When you speak life, guess what the Holy Spirit always wants to do? Bring life, bring life, bring life, bring life. Guess what the enemy always wants to do? Death, 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 death. Keep that lack seed planted in your heart. No, there's more provision for you available than you even dream of this morning. Not because, not because we believe in just money raining down, but because there's opportunities. There's checks in the mail. There's things that the Lord wants to give you, but you need to partner with the voice of life. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting into it this morning. I think this is one of the most, this is one of the biggest lessons that I think we can learn as believers. Is I think one of the things that is, what's the difference between someone who believes in Jesus and someone who doesn't? I think one sign is actually the words that you speak. Do you actually believe that Jesus' blood was enough, enough to say it and declare it? Do you believe that? And, and, or, or are we going to align with what, what's swirling all the time in the world and get lost in that? No, we're going to speak life and we're going to step in because the words impact our heart. Our heart impacts our words. Lord, what is it in my heart that needs to come out, that needs to be uprooted in this season for me to step into all that you have for me? All right. We stand. I'm going to land the plane. A healthy heart is a heart that is aware there's something in here that I need the Lord to deal with. I need to repent. Maybe it's forgiveness, whatever that thing is. And when we take care of that, then we're watering our heart with life. 
The same is true about our words. When we speak words that bring life, we find in our heart, wow, something like faith is hitting my heart in a way that it wasn't yesterday. Because as I declare life, it's like a match lighting something in my heart that says, wait a second, God can do it. Wait a second, God is good. Wait a second, I can be free from this pornography addiction. Wait a second, I can actually live with with provision. Wait a second, I don't have to be jealous of everyone around me because thank you, Lord, for what you have provided to me that I have air in my lungs that I'm breathing and we speak life. And I actually think for our church family, one of the areas that I really felt like the Lord wanted to deal with this morning is actually lack. It's lack. I felt like there were some of us in the room, I'll raise my hand, I'll be the first one to come forward for the altar call this morning, where I've actually sown a seed of lack in my heart and I've partnered with it through my words. It might be little things like, oh, we're just never going to have enough. It's not going to work out. We're never going to. And I've started to agree with a place of lack, and I've watered that seed. And what happens is, is when you water the seed, what happens is, is it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and it magnifies until it's almost like a hot air balloon in the air, and you can't look at anything else. All you see is lack. And I felt like the Lord is like, it's time to uproot the seed of lack. It's time. It's time. There is an extravagant giver in heaven who desires to bless this house. He desires to bless jobs. He desires to bless families, bless marriages. And it's time that we step out of agreement with lack and believe the Lord for more. So this morning, I just want to, if, if, if that's you, I just want you to come forward, specifically with lack. But if there are other things You're like, man, I've partnered with something. I I just want you to come to the front. thank you for a healthy heart, Lord. I thank you for our hearts. And right now, we, we just, if you're up here, if you're standing, just, just put your hand on your heart. Lord, right now, we open up our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that this, the soil of our hearts, Lord, that you are a good gardener. <laughs> that you can tend to the places of our hearts, Lord. And so this isn't about everything wrong. This is about what are you bringing up in the soil of my heart that I need to deal with this morning. Maybe it's lack. Maybe it's, maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's just something that you're like, something, just the way that I've been responding to my wife, the way that I've been responding to people, something is going on in here. Lord, I ask you that you would reveal that thing so that we could get rid of things that are not meant to be in our hearts. And this morning, Lord, for those that are up here, Lord, we, we come out of agreement with lack. And we declare that there's provision available. And we come out of a place, Lord, where we just say, Lord, help us to not speak words that bring death and start to bring negativity over our finances, Lord. We speak life over bank accounts this morning. We partner with provision, not lack. 
We partner with that thing, Lord. I don't want to partner with a spirit of death that seeks to say you're never going to have enough. I want to partner with a spirit of life that says you have a father that desires to give. And Lord, this morning, we just, I even feel like the Lord's challenging this body. What what happens if we speak life over things? What's going to shift in your life? How is there going to be breakthrough that maybe you never saw and now all of a sudden here it is? Not because it's just some, you know, special magical thing, but because you're partnering with the spirit that desires to bless and bring life. So Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for this for the soil of our hearts this morning, Lord. We give our heart to you. We surrender it. And I ask you as a house, Lord, that you would make us mindful of our words. That we're gonna declare that convergence prospers. We're gonna declare that every marriage in convergence prospers. We're gonna declare that every finance and bank account in convergence prospers. We're gonna declare that convergence prospers in health. And we're gonna partner with the spirit of life, Lord. Show us any area that we need to say, well, I need to, I just repent, Lord, of, of places where I have spoken, where I partner with lies. Did you know that the enemy tries to bring accusation and lies? Lord, we step out of agreement with that. And we partner with your life, Lord. And just like Ezekiel did in Ezekiel 37, we prophesy over the dry bones. Right now, we prophesy over the dry bones and we say, breathe again. Some of you in this room, the Lord is uprooting something in your heart and what he's doing is he's fresh breath in your heart to live again, to dream again, to step into joy again, to find peace again. Not because it hasn't been available, but because we've had a heart that's needed to uproot something so that we can see that he's always been there. He's always there. So Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And we bless this house. We bless what you're doing, Lord. And we just say, as a body, we will partner with what you're saying. Give us your perspective. Give us your perspective, Lord. Give us your perspective, Lord. We step out of partnering with fear. Give us your perspective. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. say we will be life bringers we will partner with life through our words we will partner with life through our words everybody that's 
talking about how 2024 is going to be a hard year. It's going to be a, it's a political year. It's going to be divisive. It's going to be all these things. What if 2024 is the best year we've ever had? What if 2024 is a year full of provision? What if 2024 is a year where the local church prospers like never before? What if 2024 is a year where your bank account goes way higher than it ever has before? What if we partner with what God wants to do in 2024? our ministry teams to come forward. If you need prayer, I want to encourage you. Ask for prayer. We also, we have adult prophetic teams available. So if you're a part of the adult prophetic team, you can come right up here close to the front right here. A good way to even step out of this, get an encouraging word from the Lord. So if, if, if that's you, if you want a word from the Lord or if you need prayer, come forward. We have people at the front. We just bless your week. We bless what the Lord is doing. I really feel very strongly in my heart that we're going to look back and we're going to say, look at the breakthrough that the Lord brought. I really feel that for this house. So if you're watching online, thanks for joining us. I uh, want to encourage you to get a prophetic word. We have our teams up here. Bless you. Have a great day. Let's speak and declare life this week, okay? All right, amen.